0: what's up everybody welcome to the rodeo wagon podcast um want to thank our you know sponsors sombrero brands western edge app and you know make sure you check out cosmic cowboys they help produce this so what's up mason moody not much just sitting here in great falls man it's freaking muddy too oh yeah can't wait man it's crazy how like we were driving and you get up in the mountains like that and it'll be raining and then you go down in the valleys and just nothing dry the bone
1: yeah yeah it's it's crazy how nature works. I definitely don't know how it does it, but it does some and some stuff.
0: You're from Sioux Falls, so you don't quite see this extreme poly.
1: No, I see I see farmland and lots of farmland. Yeah.
0: And you do get pretty cold though up there.
1: Oh yeah, it gets cold, way too cold. But it's what I deal with, I guess.
0: Yeah, and freaking this one, they had two and a half inches of rain, you know, within the last week or so.
1: Yeah, yeah, the arena definitely looks like it should be a pool right now, not not a bull riding arena, but I guess I guess we gotta go out there and do our job.
0: One thing that I wish and I I keep telling myself I'm gonna do it and I haven't, but get another rope just for this reason. Like that way I have two bull ropes and then, you know, the long round, short round, you got a fresh rope for both rounds instead of kind of being relying on how your bull rope comes off.
1: Yeah, funny you bring that up because I had in my OGO that I was fine with to all the PBRs, I had two ropes, but I went to, you know, shoulder. So when I go pro rodeo in here in a couple of weeks, I didn't have to drag my OGO through all the dirt. And I had two in that, and I, I was like, ah, I don't need two right now in my gear bag. So I threw the one out, and right now I'm kicking myself because I really should have brought that second
0: rope. <laughs> Keith, and Keith has three bull ropes with him, but they're all American, and I don't, I don't ride American. So yeah, yeah. I'm not sure that I want to just dip it out but
1: yeah yeah i guess uh better keep your hands shut in the short round because the rousing's not going to be helping one
0: thing i've done in the past and i've only done it once but tape it and just ride with it taped
1: yeah I'm i've never i've never rode with tape on my rope i always i always put it on like if it's raining to help kind of keep the rain off and yeah. then i will you know take it off right before
0: i get on and, and i don't i don't know with that like so the one time i did it and I this is why i haven't but the one time i did it i dislocated my shoulder because my hand just freaking wouldn't come out yeah And so, I've just kind of been a little bit, like, I don't know, you know, rising up that tape, and that tape's sticky, you know, it's stuck there. But, it sure would help your bull rope not come off, too.
1: Yeah. You know, I actually, I I, I was at this one amateur deal one time when I was younger, and uh, I had this guy tell me that uh, if you use a football glove, like, you know, for, like, catching football when it's raining, it it still sticks like normal. You don't have to use any rising. But I've never tried it, and I don't know if I'm ever going to try it, but something, that,
2: something.
0: <laughs> yeah the one thing I will do is I have multiple gloves yeah, yeah so I got two gloves I'll use too. a fresh glove I'm not going to use the same glove yeah, I know. and I may not even use the glove I normally wear I may use like a couple old ones yeah Ten you know, holes in them yeah, yeah I don't blame you i do the same But and that's one thing I've done because the guy I get gloves from it's like $30 for a glove so me and Keith you know we all bulk order so it'll be a group of us will go in there and order you know 15-20 gloves and so we get them cheap and so then I get like if I get a little hole in it I'm like oh I'll just you know break out a new one instead of you know like in the past I'd get Tiffany's and it'd be like 90 bucks or something like that you know yeah for 70 dollars i'm a little i'll wear that sucker until it's freaking it tears the palm out or something
1: do you uh do you use uh like when you're rosin in your rope you know just getting it ready do you use a holy glove for that i don't see that's something i've been doing because you know i think that's when your gloves wear out the most because you're you know you're getting it so hot getting your rosin on it and you're warming up your glove with that and, you know that's just making it weaker so i've been Lately I've been using you know one of my gloves that got a little hole in it. I use that to put rosin on my rope, so I'm not wearing my good one out near as fast. Do
0: you put a little bit on your the one you're going to use and just hit it a couple times?
1: No, I usually you know I get it sticky with that, and then uh, you know when it still got rosin on it. I mean, it's not like that rosin disappeared right. from the first bull ride, and then you climb in the chute and your rosin. You know, you're warming it up, so it's gets that same stickiness. I don't. I haven't had no no problems with it, but
0: yeah yeah um i've heard of a lot of guys doing that but i haven't done it yeah how long do you do do you do that from the get-go like with a brand new one do you heat it up a couple times
1: oh no like if i'm breaking out a brand new glove the first few times i'll use it to rosin just to kind of break it in you know yeah. get it a little sticky yeah i'm not not taking a brand new glove and warming it up for the first shot of the bucket shoot and it gets slicky for some <laughs> reason and be like ah hey judge just wait i need uh five minutes let me go get a new glove
0: <laughs> i'm putting you on the clock 30 seconds guys (laughs) yeah I know (laughs) you get off your bull run over there grab another one yeah just count it down for me (sighs) Uh, yeah no I have heard of a lot of guys doing that I haven't I have yet to do it yeah I don't know saves your gloves
1: saves a little bit of money yeah
0: I think um, yeah especially in the springtime and the summertime like like, the preparation and going in, knowing you're making that transition to outdoor rodeos is kind of interesting. Because, like, I was not prepared, and I should have been, because two weekends ago was the first outdoor rodeo, and the first day was super muddy. Um, and so, you decided to learn my lesson. Instead, here we find ourselves in an Ace Hardware, you know, for yeah. getting muck boots, and... You know, man, I, I we're so dry
1: at home, I thought it never rained. Like, <laughs> I, I didn't know it rained anymore, I thought it was just
0: you know, drought everywhere. Yeah, we even even so Colby was saying they were getting rain, but we haven't got a whole lot in northern Missouri either. Yeah, yeah, and no. I mean, the grass now is just about like summertime.
1: Yeah, no, we got we got grass six not even six inches tall burned up because it it, it looked rained. pretty green though it's starting so that, to burn up like rain. if you look close at the bottoms it's like it's starting to burn up. and, and you that's, said that's <laughs> not good
0: that's from snow what's that the green
1: yeah the green yeah we had quite a bit of snow so it melted went in the ground and it grew a little bit but uh since it, the snow melted we've got like a half inch rain all year long so it's yeah. just not not normal for where I live. but and you do hey yeah so that's yeah. Good. we put down some alfalfa the other day and you drive in the valleys and you're like man i wish it was all like this you drive out the hill and i'm pretty sure the grass is shorter than the than the hay you're mowing like you're not even doing anything but what do you <laughs> what do you do you know gotta feed the cows somehow yeah
0: and how many like what are you doing because you, you you do quite a bit at the house you were saying so yeah. what does that look like
1: you know uh in the winter time you know we just pretty much feed cows and check stuff but you know that chores in the winter time get long because i mean you wake up at daylight 7 7 30 because it you don't know, get daylight very early and then you'll do chores till noon one in the morning because you're feeding cows and it just takes that long and then you might get you know we do some shop projects during the day or whatever and then you do chores again at four o'clock till dark you know so i mean sitting on a tractor a lot um last few weeks we've been working calves and taking cows out to grass so we've been been working hard the last few weeks and then yeah now we're kind of got all the cows out so you check them in the morning when your grass is usually too wet to do anything with so then you you know and then by about eleven thirty you start haying which this year it looks like our haying season is going to be really short
0: but yeah and you do like up and you you're not doing a whole lot of farming. It's mostly ranching and yeah. And haying. We got we got thirty acres of farm ground and uh,
1: we just it it. All the big farmers are dead. Plant you know and we feed cows on it in the winter time. So you know we kind of had to get them out to grass and so we yeah we just dissed it and planted it like two days ago. So
0: how much are you doing on how many cows do you got? You know, what uh, your operation look like size wise.
1: Well, most most years we got three hundred and fifty four hundred. But we've already it's so dry, we've already started selling some, just trying to keep the good cows, you know, sell some of the old cows that we'd sell in the fall anyways, or whatever, so you know, just trying to make the grass last as long as it can and and I own about a hundred head of sheep. That's kind of my, you know, farm, that's my farm income, you know, for helping dad or whatever. And then dad also has about another 150, 200 head of sheep. So I got
0: a wild story about sheep. Uh, so, I, I, I don't
1: want to know. I, I have so, lots, of, I got lots of stories about sheep, but you, most of them don't end well. Well, It was in Saudi Arabia. I don't know if that's a good
0: start or, start or not. Well, so, I've never been there. So we, us Me and Keith went to Saudi. Okay. And... So they had, they had, you know, brought the bulls over and stuff. Well, over in the States, they do sheep riding. That's a thing, you yeah. know? And so over there, they, you know, Dave Rice was like, hey, you know, you want us to bring sheep? And they said, yeah, let's go for it. So get over there. They have sheep over there. So they're going to supply the sheep. Get over there, and these are like wild nomad sheep. They're like a ram sheep freaking wild mean you go over to the fence and they're trying to hook you. rather get on the bulls than the yeah, sheep yeah <laughs> i would rather get on the bulls than the sheep yeah so finally they're like well this probably not good these kids have never even heard of sheep riding uh although they, i guarantee it's, you know it gets pretty wild over there those kids growing up i mean what camels i'm sure you go find some wild nomad sheep if we lived in saudi you'd think we would be trying to do something like that
1: yeah so uh our our famous joke about sheep is uh we had an old a guy tell us once he said uh if you own sheep you build a round barn because that way they ain't got a corner to die in <laughs> <laughs> i i we have i mean i don't know if that's you know, but uh, it seems like sheep find a lot of reasons to die. Like you'll <laughs> walk out there that night and check them, and you're like, the sheep was literally fine this morning, and it's got its head through its fence and just choked
0: itself out, <laughs> and, and laying there dead. And you're like, oh my goodness, another one bites the dust. it <laughs> I don't even know what a sheep business looks like. So what does that even? How do you uh, make money doing that? You uh, just beef them up and sell them.
1: Yeah. So it's it's pretty much cow business. I mean, okay. We we, we uh, so we have like cow calf operations. So we you know take cows calve them out and then feed them till feeder calves usually you know about 800 pounds and we dump them to a feedlot to fatten them out because uh, it just takes so long to fatten calves out but uh sheep kind of are the same thing dads are exactly like the cows you you lay 'em them out we call it and then uh you know you raise them till they're about 70 pounds 70 80 pounds and then we haul them to a sale barn and, you know, then they go to the feedlot to get fat and then they, they'll butcher them. And then, uh, my use, I, uh, got into this business of raising rams. So like breeding the, you know, the bucks or whatever. And so I keep my bucks until they're uh, seven, eight months old. Cause they can start like breeding stuff at six months. Cause like okay. a sheep's life it's not very long like five years old that's pretty old cheap. so like at six months they're you know grown up enough to breed use. so i'll keep bucks for like six seven months and then i turn them around and sell them to you know guys that have used that need bucks and that's I, I like it we have some people out in the bighorn mountains in wyoming that you know consistently buy 20 head from us and not, i haven't been out there but uh they talk about it and they're funny people but they got some good stories to talk about you know they get coyote problems out there and they'll take helicopters and go shoot them and stuff (laughs) like you know it's like man I, i should go out there one time and i'm rodeoing and going through there and just you know see it see how the my sheep are doing see what they you know
0: I don't know why that would be so much funner but it's just like if you're going to do something like you might as well do it out of a helicopter yeah yeah like, right okay, you can go hog something. Yeah. yeah you can go hog out in a, a helicopter yeah it's, definitely it's <laughs> like
1: it's like us doing something or Dwayne the Rock doing something you know it just makes you it you that do, much yeah. better you know
0: I, and I don't I've never gone hunting out of a copter so I don't know if it's like one of those things where you build it up in your mind maybe it's fun once but you know but,
1: but so, do it once I'd be, I'd be, that would be I'd cool, be cool. You I'd know? love to you shoot know? some animals can you imagine helicopter? though Yeah, you know the propellers are spinning so fast, you know, you, they're like, okay, you gotta aim six inches right of them because by the time it goes past the wind of the, the yeah, propellers, yeah. It's gonna be six inches left, you know. So, I, I mean, I'm sure it don't work like that, but it would be, it'd be funny. Dude.
0: I think uh Diamond G, I believe that's, they're in Utah, and they have a rodeo. It has a really cool backdrop. Anyway, I'm pretty sure they push their cattle with helicopters. With helicopters, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah.
1: You see. I mean, obviously, we don't have helicopters, but I mean, you hear that kind of stuff. You know, it's not uncommon. You know, especially in like, you know, could you imagine we drove through the national forest today? You know, having cows and something like that. Like, you can't get horses through there, and these cows know every back way through these trees because they've been in there for six months. You know, I mean, that's that's the only way you're getting them out, and that's kind of they, they that's why they use a lot of helicopters because they're on the mountains. Well, you know, them cheaper. Born, you know, that's how they're pretty much bred to be out there, you know, and you know, so horses really can't go out there. So that's, you know, they have to use helicopters because that's pretty much the only way they can get to them.
0: My question with that is like cost efficiency here. like yeah, yeah, <laughs> You I, must I, really I, love it. Yeah,
1: yeah, you must really love sheep to have them. Let me tell you. Like I said, yeah, they're they're frustrating animals sometimes, but you know, I I think it's kind of like kids. You know, you 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 know, you pretty much at birth you're 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 helping them you know drink from the mom you know you're you watch them grow up from the time they're baby babies to the time you know they're leaving for college pretty much you know that's kind of you know it's something that you know farming's farming's not a money maker like most people think you know farming is or you know ranching farming you know is it's a business for the lifestyle it's kind of like us you know like we don't do it because we're getting filthy rich at it no right. we do it because you know there's something about it that makes us wake up every day and you know want to help these animals yeah we're live. not
0: making billions of dollars no <laughs>
1: yeah you know it's something you know it's something that you love doing it's not something that you just do for money like most people's jobs you yeah
0: know? yeah for sure and so you also buck bulls you have that little arena in there Do you use any of your sheep for, like, kids coming up,
1: or is it just strictly on the business side? No, just strictly on the business side. I mean, once in a while... You know, if there's a local, local kid that might be like, hey, I want to ride a sheep or whatever, we might, you know, we got a roping arena too, because when I grew up roping and stuff, but uh, you know, so we might run a sheep in there and let them, you know, fall off or you know what I'm saying. Yeah. But you know, no, I mean, we're not like, hey, we got a bunch of sheep, let's go have a sheep riding, you know? Oh, it's five dollar entry for the gate, you know? Oh, we got a big crowd of a hundred people. No, <laughs>
0: <laughs> you, I don't think you could fit a hundred people in your arena. Oh
1: no, no, probably not. That is
0: the. Per- perfect little practice pen, though.
1: Yeah, yeah, it works good. Uh, you know, uh, that's a uh, bull riding It's kind of a dying sport, yeah. especially in South Dakota. I mean, you look at it 10 years ago when my sisters were rodeoing, you know, we had 15 guys in each region. At uh, high school rodeo, we had four regions. So, like, our region had, like, 10, 15 guys. And uh, my freshman year, we had three. It was me and two other guys. Huh. And, uh, you know, I was very fortunate that my my family helped me out to become a very good bull rider. But uh, a lot of people don't have that. You know, they'd go to these rodeos and get slammed, you know, and then, you know, and then wonder why we don't have any bull riders. Well, nobody helps these kids out. So, uh, you know, that's kind of what me and my dad have done the past couple years. We had the barn, you know, I had my practice bulls around when I was in high school and stuff. So, you know, we'd let kids come out, you know, and then, you know, I started getting some better bulls, obviously for myself, but, uh, we still kept, uh, a lot of them young or a lot of them weaker bulls around you know just trying to help the youth because you know i mean i'm not i'm not no world champion that's for sure i mean that's the goal but i mean a lot of these kids do kind of look up to me you know like you know if he can do it i can do it you know so you know it's just giving these kids something to do and you know maturing that's the biggest thing about rodeo is you know how many rodeo people do you know that are you know people that you're like oh i don't like him because he's a jerk you know rodeo people are the nicest people you're ever going to meet and you know if you grow up in this atmosphere you're going to grow up to be you know at least trustworthy and you know be around people and people respect you
0: it's one of those things for me coming in late starting at about 18 i noticed that even from the get-go even coming completely outside of the system completely yeah you know everybody just taking you in yeah and and kind of that that you know honesty and stuff so there's not a whole lot of guys in kind of your part so your dad did he ride what was that process of kind of getting you started
1: um no my dad my dad was a boxer so uh really yeah he he like in college was a boxer he actually was really good he uh like he didn't ever become professional but he like I don't know how it exactly works but he don't like talking about boxing because I, I don't know why but he's kind of a wild child in those days but his buddies are always like yeah he went to Minneapolis like three times to fight and if he would have won these tournaments he would have like went to like big big professional fights and uh, he's, they say that there's these two brothers from uh, the Twin Cities over there and he they said it didn't matter which one he faced first he'd always beat him but, to, like, but they'd play him out so bad that by the second you know the second match that weekend or whatever he'd be so burned out that they'd always you know get him pe- beat or whatever but um going back to rodeo no uh my sisters rodeoed i mean my grandpa raced some horses and you know we grew up ranching and stuff so we're like cowboys, it's kind of in our blood i guess but uh you know uh my i don't i don't know if you ever heard of uh jill moody she made it to the nfr uh, in the barrel racing lots of times. I think she won the world even. She was married to our, uh, like, third uncle. Not very close, but they live, like, five miles down the road. They have a big rope and arena, in, indoor and stuff, so I mean, rodeo's been there, and you know, my sister got got rodeoing, and then when I was, you know, four years old behind the buck and shoots, that's, you know, my parents would always tell people, yeah, I don't know where Mason's at, but he'll show up when the bull riding's over, you, you know, like, so, like, I mean, bull riding's always been in my blood, and then, um, i had an uncle that high school rodeoed and he you know he kind of helped me build my first buck and shoot you know helped me on calves and stuff and then uh uh there's this guy charlie zoss he uh he got second at cheyenne twice he was really good but he uh kind of like me you know had some stuff at home and couldn't just leave and go rodeo all the time so like he did really well like if you go look on pro bull stats like the highest uh the average ride percentage, he's like 35th in the highest ride percentage. I don't remember exactly what it is, but it, like he's way up there in that list. And uh, so, like, he was the one that really, you know, once I started getting on bulls, that kind of took me under his wing. It was like, this is, you know, yeah. this is how you do it, you know, or whatever. And, you know, now, I mean, now I, I, I've been around it so much that I, I mean, I know what I'm doing wrong. You know, that's, you know, yeah. people are, you know, you, you're doing this wrong, you're doing that wrong. I mean, yeah, yeah. I could be doing this wrong. I could be doing that wrong. But deep down, I know what I'm doing wrong more than anyone else is because I feel it. You know. Right. Yeah. You know, it wasn't like when I was 15 and had no clue what was going on. I was just getting on, and you know.
0: And, and I think so much of that too. You said feel it. Like so much of this sport that I've learned, there's so much of it that's feel. To the point where sometimes it can it can look one way and and what that person may be saying may be true but the feeling you know if you try to correct that in the way they're saying it that, that feeling won't match up yeah. and it's really finding that feeling that's really what you're after because I mean Getting on the back of bulls, it's all about timing and feel. Yeah,
1: yeah. And, uh, I mean, that's the biggest thing with our sport is is feel. I mean, that's everyone says the more bulls you get on, the better you're going to be. And that's 100% right because every bull feels different, but every bull feels the same in a different way, yeah, you know. right. So the more bulls you get on, the better you're going to get. Now, yes, there are some guys that are just naturally built for the sport that figure it out way faster than others and there's some guys that it takes to be 25 26 years old to you know get that light switched quick and then they get hot fast you know and so it sport is yeah it's it's definitely something that not everyone can understand until you feel
2: it hey there folks I want to tell you about my favorite cowboy hat brand sombrero brands. As a professional bull rider, I know how important it is to have a hat that not only looks good, but can withstand the toughest rides out there, and that's exactly what Sombrero Brands delivers. Their hats are custom-fitted and shaped to perfection, with a level of attention to detail that's hard to find these days. But what really sets Sombrero Brands apart is the fact that they're a family-owned and operated business. Mark and Kendall Holler, the owners, and their daughter Sarah, who's only 13 but already a hat-making prodigy, are all passionate about their craft. They know what it takes to make a cowboy hat that can stand up to anything the rodeo circuit can throw at it. And get this, the founder's grandfather, Polly Holler, was born and raised at South Camp on the Four Sixes Ranch. These folks have got cowboy blood running through their veins, and it shows in every hat they make. That's why I'm proud to have Sombrero Brands as a major sponsor for my podcast, the Rodeo Wagon Podcast. So if you're in the market for a hat that's tough enough to handle anything the rodeo throws at it, give Sombrero Brands a try. Trust me, you won't be disappointed. Yeah, it's
0: it's definitely... And, and everybody wants to tell you. It's one of those things, too. Everybody wants to tell you. And and the higher up you get, the less that you you really can take. If you're going with people, there's there's people that have been there and done that, you know. And then there's your traveling partners who you kind of start getting a grasp a little bit of what they're feeling just by watching them and being yeah. with them and, and hearing them communicate it you know yeah daily just talking about bull riding you know so and- you can kind of you know grapple with some of those things but there's there's so much noise you know everybody's going to try to tell you
1: yeah and that's uh you know i when i was roping we went to this team roping practice i don't know but uh i went with this guy one time like the first time and he's like okay you take what everyone tells you you give it a shot once or twice and if you don't like it for yourself you don't use it you know and that's exactly how this sport is you know just last night me and colby anderson were talking about you know what what, what went wrong or whatever and you know you try something one or once or twice you know maybe not even here you know say we're at a pbr this tonight like we were saying last night you know and uh, tonight, you don't want to change your mojo up, you know? Right. Okay, so, you know, go to the practice pen this week, you know, and then try it. You know, try it once or twice. See what happens, you know? And if it don't work for you, you it don't work for you. You know, I mean, you can look at Jose and Jess Lockwood and Kayiki and Silvano Elvis. I mean, that's your world champions the last how many years. Um, and they don't ride the same. Yeah, they ride the same in similar ways, but they don't ride the same. You know, I mean, Kaiki and Jose, you know, your two Brazilians, they don't ride the same at all. At all? No, not at all. And yeah, I'm, and they both their styles work for them. You know, yeah. I mean, you look at Cody Teal. You know, one of the tallest guys in the locker room. You know, he he don't ride like hardly anyone, just because he's he's not built like this. Very unique. So you know, you gotta you you know take it take what they say especially if it's someone trusted you know he's been there you know like you're saying your traveling partners you know somebody that's been there done that and you know take it try it you know if, if you think it might work use it if you think no this isn't for me then you know throw it in the trash and try to fix something else you know that's 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 all you can do in our sport is you know i mean you get on do something if it don't work throw it away and pick your head up and go to the next one
0: i think the practice pins are great for me i don't like to change stuff just like mid stride yeah Uh, some equipment stuff i will like i i got more turned in spurs and just as i could start kneeing up more and it helped tremendously you know i started getting a hold better that that i did without anything i just did it mid stride that that kind of stuff not so much if it has anything to do with form i prefer to to do it in a practice pin yeah
1: you know i i mean uh especially at the level that we're at you know you have to do it in a practice pen. i mean i can <laughs> i can tell you everything that that bull did i mean i can tell you what happened in that bull ride 100 percent. but for me to be able to be like Okay, this bull's going so slow I can, you know, sit on top of him and be like, Okay, I need to do this different, I need to do this different. No. These bulls are going so fast that you 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 can't do that.
0: That's a big thing. I don't know how much people really understand. Really good bulls, you don't sink. No. If this is a reaction sport, it's anticipated reaction. So you work on stuff. But when you get in the shoot, you know, once that gate opens and you leave it's it's you're reacting and that preparation is what kind of separates you and allows you to react (laughs) and make the right moves and the feel so you know doing for me i get on the buck ride a lot you're riding horses kind of helps balance that feel out and then just getting on bulls going every weekend you know going hard uh, you kind of combine the, the mechanics of it with the feel of it yeah but practice bulls you know, you can actually think think, on it.
1: Yeah, yeah, and you know, that's, I mean, I've, I've got all types of bulls at the house right now. I got some bulls that can be 86 points on in the practice pen. And, you know, those are the ones I usually get on because, you know, this weekend, that's what I'm going to get on. Right, Right, sure. But there's been times where I've struggled. I mean, I've hit slumps where I've fallen off seven in a row and I went back to my high school bulls because, you know, it's not, you know, it's not that I can't ride these bulls because I've proved it to everyone. You know, I've proved it to myself most importantly. But at the end of the day, you know, sometimes you need to go back and just get one under your belt, remember what it feels like you know, and then fix that something that you're doing wrong, okay? And now I just went and got on a 68-point bull, you know, but I fixed what I did wrong, you know? So now I'm going to go get on this 83-point bull in the practice house, at the practice pen and you know and then you know I, I it's still fast enough where you can't just sit up there and think like i was before but it's still a little bit slower than it is here so i can be like oh yeah halfway through this ride it kind of you know when it starts to slow down even just a tick more then i can be like oh yeah i need to do this better okay now i go to the bull ride in this weekend and it's moving so fast i have no clue what i'm doing i mean i i know exactly what i'm doing but like i ain't controlling it you know right. my brain is yeah. not controlling it my body is yeah and uh you know and then but you go look at that video and you're like man i did i did do that a little bit better you know man i i did you know it, it improved you know now this week i go back to the practice pen and you know do it again you know and and you know i'm not saying i th- i think this sport's the most humbling sport in the world though you know i can just like i won two back-to-back events this year and then i t- cold the groin you know not two weeks later and fell off like six or seven straight and i couldn't get on practice balls by the by yeah. tuesday i was still sh- struggling to walk you know like i was like i was so close to velocity finals i was so far up there i'm like i'm not taking three weeks off to heal this but in in reality i probably should have and i would have came back faster than i would have because right. you know i fought it for six weeks now and you know and finally got it feeling good now but for six weeks i was you know couldn't hardly walk at two at on tuesday and by friday night i was getting on 87 pointers again you know so
0: and that's the challenge i believe was this short season yeah it's the pretty much everybody that's the challenge it's if that would have happened during a long season You'd have taken that time off. Yeah,
1: yeah. and hundred
0: percent you would have.
1: Yeah, and you could, I mean, I could have probably even quit till summer, you know, till now, and not quit, but, you know, sat home for a month, you know, I was, I'd have been far enough ahead where, you know, I wouldn't have been in third place anymore. Don't get me wrong, but I would have been able to take a month off and come back, still be top 10 probably. And then I would have been able to be beating everybody because not only is my groin healthy, so is everything else on my body. So I've been clicking, you know, and would have been able to get on practice pools. Where instead I was trying to milk, milk, milk it out as long as I could, and it just just didn't work out the best for me. Yeah. But hindsight's nineteen or twenty because it ain't <laughs> right either.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, no joke. Yeah, cause I mean, you look back at, at certain things, and it's like, well. Heck, maybe that maybe I did the right thing. You you really don't know. Yeah, the groins are the hard. That's one of the the touchy. It's groins and heads. Those are the two big things. Um, You know, you especially with PBR, their concussion protocol. Yeah, they actually put you through the ringer doing that. So you you know really need to kind of take care of take care of it. And then yeah, and, and as you should. And then groins they they just linger and there's nothing you can do about it and you you can't stretch them yeah they just have to heal and
1: yeah and you know and like sportsmen told me well you're not gonna 90 you know you're not gonna hurt it anymore because you know the damage is done but it's gonna take you a month to heal it because that's how long they take you know and and you know i just made it you know eight weeks instead of a month And, and
0: luckily it's just like a groin i went you know, when I messed, I tore my ACL, MCL, meniscus. They told me there's a very, very high percentage that you will not be able to compete. You know, with this knee injury, and I rode for about a year. You know, and it was pretty bad. Like I, I really struggled. My riding took a huge hit, and it finally got to the point where I'm like, this isn't me riding. This is I, I'm compromised. Yeah. I need to get it fixed. Got it fixed. Came back, rode everything. You know, yeah. coming into the year, I was i you know went to just you know amateur stuff by the house rode bucked off one bull rode everything and i was like wow (laughs) if i would have just done that sooner i it would have you know i rode more bulls won more money and i wouldn't have lost you know four months it was only four months i thought it was going to be six months so i was actually kind of stoked when tandy told me that yeah and you know that's the biggest thing
1: with injuries you know like when i say growing you know Yes, your groin is—you know—you're squeezing muscle. But I, I noticed it more with my, how fast my my feet were. You know, like I can not throw my feet down. You know, when a bull popped my, you know, blew a foot. You know, I used to be fast enough to where I could chuck that baby back down before that bull hit down, and I was right back in the middle. Mm-hmm. Where, you know, when when I had that groin really bothering me, I, you could just see I wasn't as fast, and you know, it wanted me to, you know, get sat on my pockets and that foot was just tick late and then i was you know right back to where i was instead of fixing the problem so you know that you know there's some stuff that like when we get injured you know you, you think you're doing all right but it's the little stuff that you don't even see that's killing us
0: and i think it's the the better bulls you know if it, you run an 80 pointer in there
1: yeah i would have got by
0: you, you get by and yeah. then but then when you're trying to make that next level and you're trying to ride them good bulls that's where you know they really expose those injuries a lot more.
1: Yeah, and I mean, I mean that's the thing. You know, if I would have. You know, you could, I could have went to some amateur shows probably and, you know, still won a couple of grand here, a couple of grand there, you know. Yeah. But, you know, at the end of the day, I, I, I don't want to be an amateur blue rider. I want to make world finals. And the only way to make world finals is to keep going and get a few more points. And, yeah, I, I got like a fifth in the last two standards.
0: It's a big, it's, there's a big difference there in, oh, yeah. in, in what that looks like and that, those transitions. I didn't even figure it out until the end of the year. Away from my hand, I had it. And then right there at the end of the year found some stuff out and you know kind of getting my hips underneath my bull rope into my hand game changer it was just like a you know just a switch went off i'm like eh. yep. but on amateur bulls wouldn't have even known that i would have yeah. rode everything 100 percent. it was a small it was really just a small thing leaving the shoots that completely changed me riding bulls into my hand now you put me on a, a bull I'm very confident you put me on a bull I can go 90 on into my hand I'm gonna go 90 on him into my hand you,
1: yeah and uh you know the biggest thing about you know coming to this level you know we especially like us young kids like me and Colby when we first come in you know it's hard it's really hard you know just like we were saying you're going from amateur bulls that you're you might be 86 points on but if you went to a PBR and get you would have been a Seventy-eight points, you know, and which when you're when you're going to them, you're like, ah, oh, you know, these bulls can't be that much better, you know, you're, you're better than, you know, we're better than everyone else when we come to this level, you know. Right. Well, then you come here and you know, you draw a couple. I don't fit you right, or you know, you just buck off at the whistle or whatever. Well, then you instantly start fighting your head because one, you know, you've never been in a rut like this, you know, because I mean, I've, I was always. I don't want to say I was always good but you know I was always very competitive you know and you know you, you come up here and you know these people are just as good as you you know everyone Everybody. here everyone yeah. here deserves to win in all reality you know and then you're young you you know no one you know like when you first come on tour you know like you know, back home at the amateur rodeos, I knew everyone. You know, when you're in, you know, bucked off to Everyone still came and talked to you. You know, you sit in the locker room for the first three events, and you're first coming on tour. You don't talk to no one. You know, you're half gun shy because, <laughs> holy cow, there's. Jesse Petrie sitting right there, you know, holy cow, there's Kyle Jones sitting right there that I've seen on TV before, you know, and, you know, and then it, and then like this year I went to the UTBs and it was the same deal, you know, I, I mean, I know these guys, don't get me wrong, I, I knew who they are, but I'm not gonna go, you know, say, what is up, Dalen, you wanna come sit by me today? You know, like, <laughs> you know, you go find that spot in the corner where they do their thing and you kinda sit there like, yeah i'm here you know and then you go buck off one or two you know going you know it's a little bit better pool up there You, i mean i mean they are and uh you know so you know you buck off one or two and it's it's the same thing you know you're fighting you're fighting your head again because you know you're my velocity tour buddies are you know most of them are still down at the velocity tours you know so i didn't know no one up here you know so you're kind of sitting there you know fighting your own self and then you go to the hotel that you're in by yourself because you know i didn't text cooper and dalen you know you want to share a room this weekend where at a velocity tour you're always sharing a room with somebody you know so it's just you know this sport's very humbling i mean at the end of the day it's humbling and you know it throws you the ranches a lot even though you think you're starting to get it figured out yeah
0: that's even like so when i first came up it was mason Lowe, right so mason had just got on tour and then I kinda of went would go up there, you know, every now and again, which would have been before my string of injuries two thousand seventeen. And then um like kinda of having that comfortability of knowing somebody. But me and Casey Coulter were talking about it. Um we there's been there's a few guys in Missouri though that it's almost like you know, at the point now where I think a lot of guys coming up if you're in our area, you know, if you, you go up somebody. you know Bob, you know, yeah. you know Colton Hevlo you know at that time you knew mason low um, yeah. casey you know coulter he's up and down you know yeah um, i had triplet, and, had triplet i had triplet and, but he was on the utbs all
1: the all time right time. you know so so you know like he he, he told me how to enter him and how to Book flights and stuff but he wasn't there sitting in the locker room and the
0: velocities you probably didn't know anybody
1: i didn't know nobody yeah. you know i the first person i ever talked to i'm pretty sure i mean not talked to but like actually sat down and had a conversation with was rubens barbosa i think he knew that i was a shy kid in the corner which i'm not really that shy but at that point in my uh-huh. life i was like oh god you know but uh rubens came over to me and just sat by me it was like what up you know just sat down and talked and you know and then, then i was in the whole gun that's Ruben Sbarbosa. He just went 93 points at the (laughs) world finals. You know, it's like, Jeepers, how am I going to, you know, live up to him? You know, I got to ride good so I can prove something to him and, you know, know, he's just another human. For me, it's
0: gotten to the point now where if I go to some of those amateur deals by the house, I don't know anybody. Yeah. It's like the opposite. I'm like, man, like when I first started, you know, like I knew everybody. That was my homies. yeah. Yeah, Yeah. Now, my homies are either not riding, they're going to pbrs or prcas
1: yeah and yeah, yeah so so yeah all right go to that so uh, i went to we held some bulls to like a pretty much a high school rodeo last weekend and you know i graduated high school last year but it was you know there's very few faces that i know you know like <laughs> like i mean there's some you know there i can name a few of my better pals that were a year younger than me but it's like man just like that i'm old you know like i don't know nobody at this thing. you know I'm, I'm sitting here talking to the parents of these kids because they're you know they had older kids you know so i'm talking to these 50 year old people you know and it's like holy cow i don't know any of these people and i graduated last year
0: that's yeah that's wild that's funny and you've been going to all the velocities and everything utbs yeah
1: i this year, so. well last year i was going to all the velocities and uh still going to high school
0: still going to high school yeah. that's nuts I when I was I, like I started when I was in high school and yeah I, I remember winning my first check in high school and they asked me how much I made I was like it was like a hundred bucks it was like a little amateur deal and I thought I was big stuff I made money uh, yeah
1: yeah I uh but yeah last year I, I had two high school classes and I think got was gone.
0: did you homeschool
1: no i i I went to actual school okay but i i kind of figured it was coming to this kind of i mean i wrote good when i was a junior and stuff this is what you were gonna
0: do so like
1: when i was a freshman i took all the classes i could and then sophomore and junior year i doubled up on like took two math classes one year and two english classes one year so last year all i had was uh I think history or U.S. government, and then an A class. And I shouldn't say this, but the A teacher liked me, so I'd show up for ten minutes when I was there, and he told me to go home because you're a troublemaker. <laughs> and I, I kind of was in his class because I, yeah, I mean I don't sit still the best. I got half ADHD, I think. But I mean, that's I,
0: funny. I, could, well, of course, I didn't see it when I started high school. Rodeo with so far out of the. Nobody would have even believed it if you'd have said it. So, and, but I didn't want to go to school more, so this, I couldn't imagine trying to get my schooling done early yeah. I didn't even know if that was an option at that
1: point well it, it really kind of sucked my mom was a school teacher at my school so she kind of made sure I'd <laughs> had good I, just, <laughs> I had accountability. grades I had good grades otherwise I couldn't go watch PBR world finals you know like you, be, you better get an A on that spelling test mom I can't spell at all well you better study gosh dang it I gotta study this time for the spelling test and do well on the spelling test and they're like well you can do that every week I'm like yeah but I don't want to do that every week so
0: Thank you. Man, I think Keith is getting itching. It's yeah. 4 o'clock, so starts at 6 tonight. So, Guys, Mason Moody, uh, what's your handles on Facebook, Instagram?
1: Uh, Mason Moody, PBR, rider, Bull Rider? I don't remember Just on Facebook.
0: Facebook, Instagram, Mason Moody. Yeah. You'll, you'll find it. Yeah,
1: if there's a picture of a Bull Rider, it's probably it.
0: Heck yeah. <laughs> well, thanks for tuning in, guys. Make sure you check out our uh, app, Western Edge app. Check out Sombrero mm-hmm. Brands Cowboy Hats and as always you know make sure you check out uh, cosmic cowboy productions they're the ones that help put this together make it as cool as it is we're just a bunch of bums living on the road podcasting out of the back of a van we're sleeping in at night and grilling up out, out behind the arena <laughs> memories memories yeah we're living life so heck yeah guys thanks for tuning in we'll see you see ya